Welcome to episode 36 of African and American with your girl, Six the Goddess. And keep in mind, I'm a goddess and I'm sensitive about my shift. <laughs> Peace and love, family. Hope you're well. Y'all already know what's up. I'm doing well. I'm happy. I'm blessed. Um, I'm actually doing better now uh, because I had an amazing experience this past week. An experience that changed my life for the better and uh, fulfilled me, uh, gave me a high level of fulfillment. Now, as y'all know, I've been very open about the status of my relationship with my father. Um, For those of you that are not familiar uh, with that, my father and I, well, let me start with his relationship with my mother. Him and my mother were never necessarily together. Um, they were never married. Uh, was They didn't know each other for long when they got pregnant with me. Um, so I will say that I don't feel as though that respect level was ever earned or valued between the two of them, uh, everything moved very quickly and casually. Um, my mother and my father did not get along. Uh, you know, they they just didn't. (laughs) Certain people just don't click. I, I never have seen them get along. Uh, I, I've only met him one other time in my life. Um, and I told myself that, in my journey to become a better person, in my journey of healing, that I will love my father. I realize that sometimes we are very hard on our parents and we forget that just because someone has a baby doesn't mean that their demons go away. The same demons that you had before, you will have after. So many times we speak about financially preparing ourselves to have a child. And are we thinking about, are we emotionally preparing ourselves? Because whatever unresolved emotions that we have will filter into that child. That's the way it goes. So my mother and my father both had major demons going on. Then they gave birth to me and, you know, just brought me into a debacle. And yeah, I said debacle. I like that word. Debacle. Anyways. (laughs) So, um, I told myself that... I, in my adult life, that I will let go of whatever pain and hurt of him not being there and us not having a relationship, I will let it go. And I decided, and I say decided because everything we do is a choice, right? I decided that I was going to show him love because it occurred to me, maybe I'm the only one that has ever shown him love. Maybe he has never experienced unconditional love. And maybe through my unconditional love, I can begin to make a change in him. I can begin to make, to nurture him, give him things that he never had. And I, if I, if I'm going to have this hope for anybody, I'm going to have this hope for the man that is responsible for, you know, bringing me to life. Now, I don't recommend this for women when it comes to dating a man, (laughs) okay, because it's a whole different story. I don't recommend dating a man that's jacked up and then being like, I'm going to show him love and it's going to change him because that's not really how it works. But I know that at the end of the day, I knew in my heart that my father loved me. Uh, I've never doubted that. I've never felt as though my dad just does not love me. I've never felt that. I always knew this man definitely loves me. And I knew that whether this works or not, I'm still his daughter and he's still my father. So like I said, if I'm going to try this and put this energy into anything or anyone, why would it not be him? What do I have to lose? And so I did. And so I never scalded him or uh, you know judged him or made him feel badly about things and I just let him know like dad I love you and I'm here and I gave him time okay because it's it's not right to say I'm ready for something so therefore I'm going to make sure that 
you're ready too. And since I'm ready now, you also need to be ready. That's not fair. It doesn't work like that. So I wanted to make sure that I was being fair and I was letting him know. So just so you know that I'm ready and I love you. I'm ready to receive and accept you, you know, and you call me when you're ready to. And that's how I left it. And I just continued to pop in here and there and let him know that I loved him. He would pop in here and there and let me know that he loved me. Um, now I guess it's time for me. I'm, I'm about to go off subject y'all. I'm about to get back to this though, <laughs> but I got to go off subject for a second. So you understand how all this came about. So <clears throat> I guess it's time for me to just go ahead and let y'all know that I got some man child. Yeah, I got some man and I got the whole man. I have a whole entire sexy, handsome, loving, wonderful, talented, amazing man, honey. Okay. <laughs> um, it is when when we really study the unhealthy behaviors of our people, him and I both realize that we are the first really healthy relationship that we both have had. And before you all say, what, how are y'all in your thirties? And well, me almost in my thirties, him in his thirties, like, how are y'all in your thirties? And this is the first healthy relationship, honey, trust me, you are probably in an unhealthy one right now and don't realize it because 90% of us have unresolved trauma that we never helped ourselves with or got rid of or got treated. And you have just simply learned how to operate in your toxicity as opposed to healing from it. Because I thought I had been in a healthy relationship before too, before I further educated myself and him as well. Um, you know, there were things that he had to heal from, things I had to heal from. Uh, we were two healed individuals once we started courting. Um, in a later segment, we're going to discuss dating versus, excuse me, uh, in a later segment, we are going to discuss um, dating versus courting. Um, so I am using the word courting um, for a reason. Uh, and I will say, like I said, we, we were two healed and happy individuals before we started courting. Uh, we were both, both whole. Um, I don't recommend anyone begin a courting process until you can look somebody in the eyes and confidently say that. Now, will we ever be perfect? No, we'll all always have things we need to work on. We all will always have flaws. But I'm talking about feeling happy and fulfilled. I'm talking about feeling content. I'm talking about being able to look at yourself and feeling nothing negative. Okay. Um, and uh, so... It's funny because we are, we're both from Orlando and we've been here. Well, he's from here, like born or raised here. I'm not originally from here, but I've been here most of my life. So we're both from here and we've both known of each other for years. Um, and this is the beauty of dating someone from your hometown, because when you meet someone long distance or someone where... You know, you don't have like their car facts and whole facts. It can be challenging because you definitely have to give things time because you don't really know this person. That's why when we get a loan or go for a job, they ask for several references, you know, because you need to know uh, like what is this person like? Like what's you need someone to vouch for them. You need to know like, OK, is this person messed up? So when you're dating long distance, it can take time to really see that. So I don't recommend like rushing into things if it's long distance. But the beauty of us dating both being from here is I had I knew about him already. I had already heard of him. I had seen him once or twice before. Um, so I already knew his character was good. I already knew he was a good man before I ever started courting him. Um, and so that put me at ease. Uh, that put me at ease when he first started to pursue me because when he first started pursuing me, I had just got out of a relationship that was extremely painful. 
and my guard was up and I told myself, like, I don't care. You know, I launched my online business and I was just like, I don't care. I am open to love. I'm ready to receive a healthy, masculine man when he is ready to receive me and, you know, start a family and start a legacy. But I just don't care anymore. I'm not looking. I'm not waiting around on it. You know, these men out here are so damaged. Everybody has their guard up. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. Nobody wants to take a, a leap of faith. Nobody, you know, so I, I just was like, I can't, you know. So I just said it is what it is. You know, I, I was in no hurry or rush to even think about any kind of relationship. And it's so crazy because I've heard so many times but people will say like, once you stop looking, that's when you find it. And I really see the truth in that because that's really what happened is the minute I was like, "Ugh, I'm over. It. I just don't care. That's when he really started to um, like bust down, as they say, <laughs> uh, because I also told myself that I was not going to uh, I was not going to like force myself on a man that I wanted to be with a man that wanted to court me a man that was actively looking for a wife and if it wasn't that you know I didn't want it I didn't want to waste my time anymore and spend time getting to know someone and going out on dates and figuring and then just to have it end when that dopamine runs out and then they want to go on to the next person to get that rush again and serial dating and dopamine dating I just didn't want to deal with that so I was like I'm over it uh, you know, and that's when he started to bust down. So uh, he just, you know, remained consistent, was very serious. And, you know, we've been doing very well. Uh, we kind of just meshed together without having to try very hard. And once again, dating is different at every age with us being, I'm 29, but I'm just saying 30 because 29 takes longer to say and it just sounds retarded. But I'm, I'm 30, he's 35. So you know, the age that we're at, it also makes things different. When we're at our age, it's like, okay, you can really say that you've had your fun. You know, you did your thing. You definitely know what you want. You definitely know what you don't want. So, you know, I think that us hitting it off and us getting to where we're at now um, happened the way it did because of where we both were in our lives. I don't know if this would have been the same way if we were in our 20s, you know, our early 20s and stuff. I, I don't know, uh, especially for a man because... I always feel like men, him being 35, like that's the age where they really mature, they really understand, and that's the age where they can be good mates, you know, because um, I always feel like you can't really build a relationship with a man that's still like infatuated with hoes and that's still like excited by the thought of like going out and showing off his outfit and getting girls numbers. If If that's something that he's still finds exciting and he spends money to do and time and goes out his way to do he's definitely not going to be a good husband okay um that you know hoes and time wasting and money wasting should disgust him and in my eyes in my opinion you know that's the only time you can really like you know lock in with a man if he's past all that so Everything just added up, um, and again, we'll talk more about that when we get into the courting versus dating segment of the show. Anyway, so um, he came to me, and he was like, you know, babe, I really love you. You know, you mean the world to me, and I want to take you home with me for the holidays to meet my family and to spend the week with my family, and this just made my heart just super warm because I know that when a man is serious about you, that is the type of things they're going to say. Yeah, they're when a man bring you home, you know, to meet the family and that's how you know. So when he said that, it made me feel really secure and it made me feel even more in love with him because I knew that was a, a major thing for me to say, okay, I know he's not, he is definitely not doing this, you know, for his health or just because. So he asked me to come to North Carolina with him uh, because his brother was hosting Thanksgiving this year. And so he said the family is going to go up there, you know, for 
Thanksgiving. Everybody has time off work and, uh, you know, wanted me to join. So, of course, I said yes, because, like I said, a sister is trying to really do things the right way. And I think that we definitely make a mistake when we don't incorporate the families enough into dating. So, of course, I said yes. And um, so we left last week. We went on a road trip. Uh, we had his family, the, the children. Every I brought my son with me, of course, you know. And, you know, we all were together and we drove to North Carolina. Um, we stayed with his brother that his brother and his wife hosted, um, you know, hosted for us. They were excellent hosts. Uh, everything went so well. Everybody was so happy. You know, there was so much love. Everything was smooth, no issues. Uh, it was definitely a beautiful experience. I always told myself that the man that I would marry would have to have a nice big family because I don't. <laughs> and, um, it would be very important for my future children to have that stability and to have that love and to have that blood so you know me being able to meet his family and have them accept me and be so nice and so kind to me and my son and treat me like family my heart (laughs) y'all I've never been so happy like this is coming from a person that grew up just me my mom and my brother and then my mama died and my brother ran off with a white girl like the abandonment like the lack of love, my gosh, the pain. I'm not gonna lie, I've been in pain. You know, y'all see this pretty girl. Oh, she's so man, I've been hurting. We need our family. We need love. Looking at my son and knowing that me not having family means that he also doesn't. The pain. The pain of really being alone in this world. I wouldn't wish the pain on anybody. Okay? So for me to be in the midst of family like that and be so loved by my man and have him open up his heart and his family to me, I they had a real nigga like me, real soft, okay? Thugs cry too, okay? <laughs> um, okay, so now we're in North Carolina. Like I said, we were in Durham. Shout, shout out to the bull. Woo, turn up. No. No? Okay. <clears throat> so uh we there. So then my dad hits me up and he's like, Oh daughter, you're here. I wanna see you. And I'm like, Oh, really? Wow, okay. You know what I say? I'm like, oh snap. So I'm gonna get to, you know, see my dad too. Like, you know what? God, you've been showing out, aka me, in the love that I planted. Anyways. I know it make y'all black women haters cringe when black women say stuff like that, but I don't care. Like I said, um, shout out to me for that. Um, So my dad tells me that he's going to come see me. He says that he's going to play his horn for me because I've never, you know, my dad is a master saxophonist. He is amazingly talented natural talent like he just picked up the saxophone and you know started playing and killing the game and I've never heard him play live but he's like I'm gonna play he he told me what he was gonna do he said I'm I'm gonna see you he said I'm gonna take you out I'm gonna play for you live and I'm gonna take Elijah shopping and I'm gonna take you to meet your family due to my father's history I did not get excited about this, nor did I tell my son what was going on. Because in my mind, I'm like, child, he'll say that and then disappear on you. <laughs> so I was like, uh, that sounds cool. And uh, I believe it when I see it. Like, that was kind of my attitude towards the whole thing. So um, do you know that I had to eat my words? Because that man came through on everything he said that he was going to do. Every single thing that he said that he was going to do, he did it. My father came to the house. My boyfriend's brother's house. He came to the house on Thanksgiving. Um, 
my boyfriend's brother, his wife had prepared a huge meal for everybody. My dad came, he sat down, he ate with us, made jokes, uh, everybody embraced him. Uh, he was able to meet my boyfriend. Um, having my boyfriend by my side when I met my father showed me so much about him as a man because as black women, it can be very difficult for us to feel comfortable expressing our emotions because so many times it's looked at like people will tell us, you're strong, you'll be okay. And sometimes that's just not what we want to hear. And so I was hesitant to really be able to be honest about my emotions because I didn't want to come off as weird or, (coughs) excuse me, you know, or, or freak him out like this woman crazy, but I wanted to feel comfortable, you know, expressing how I felt. I wanted to be able to cry and be happy and be sad and however else I felt, you know, and feel safe doing so. Excuse me, y'all. Oh my gosh. I have like a horrible tickle in my throat. Excuse me. So, um, so he sat down, ate with us, had a conversation Uh, Like I said, having my brother, my boyfriend by my side was just amazing for me. Um, It made me fall in love with him even more. He was so supportive and so understanding and just held my hand through the whole process. And it that really was a bonding experience that we can never uh, recreate with anyone else. Like he was there for me when I was able to meet my father and meet my father's side of family like this was a big deal. Um, so shout out to him. Shout out to my baby. Um, so my boyfriend and my dad were also able to have a private conversation. And I'm I'm looking out the window. They My boyfriend don't took my daddy outside to talk to him. So I'm looking like, hmm... I'm over here on some G14 classified super stealth fox mode trying to figure out what's what going on. <laughs> uh, so it was a beautiful thing. My son was ecstatic to meet his grandfather. I mean ecstatic. My dad really took my son shopping, got him some video games, some clothes, gave him some money. My, my son was just like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, my gramps grandpa my granddad like he was just saying it over and over again it was so cute because that's his only grandparent my son doesn't have any other grandparents so it felt good for him to feel that pride of like my granddad you know that just made me feel very good so um so yeah anyway (laughs) So then my uh, my father takes me to meet the family because I always wanted to meet my grandmother, which is my my dad's mom. And because uh, my maternal grandmother was an excellent grandmother. I'm talking about she was amazing. Like she my grandmother on my mom's side was like the textbook example of a grandma. She was perfect. She was beautiful. She always took care of us, was always sweet. There was nothing that a grandma hug couldn't fix. I'm talking about my grandma was a lady, okay? She was a real deal woman. I will say, like, my lineage of women in my family, I'm very proud of them. These were real women, okay? Which is very rare um, to, to be able to say that and say, no, they were solid women all around. So, um... Uh, we go to meet my grandmother, and the first thing I noticed is she definitely was like prissy diva, just like me. And it's so funny to see that because my mom wasn't necessarily like that. She had definitely had a tomboyish side. She knew how to look nice and stuff, but I would never necessarily have called her like a diva. She was super down to earth, like I said, kind of a tomboy. Like she's one of that type. So it was so funny for me to see how much of a diva my grandma was. Cause I'm like, oh, I now understand myself and where I get it from so much better. <laughs> Um, so then the conversation got serious because the reality is, is like, lady, I'm 30 years old and it's the first time I'm meeting you and I have questions. Like, why have I not seen you before? Okay. And so I asked her, I said, Hey, you know, where you been? 
Now, when she explained to me, you know, the situation and how everything came about, it really showed me the power of generational curses, if you will. And I hate to say generational curses, but I'm saying that for the sake of understanding because it's not necessarily generational curses. It's more so generational lacking of a behavior change. It's, you know, it's a generational curse because it becomes all that we know and all that we're exposed to. So, um, I, I, like I said, I asked her straight up, like, so where you been? And so she told me that when she was six months old, she was dropped on her grandmother's doorstep and her mama took off. Okay. She didn't know who her father was until way later in life and that she believed that someone else was her father that really wasn't her father and uh now she grows up she has children and she ended up doing the same thing to my dad and ended up abandoning him okay and now my dad grows up and what happens he does the same thing to me and abandons me um you know, so in that moment, it further confirmed to me, which I already knew, which is I will be the one to break these curses. I will be the one. My husband and I will be the one to build a legacy, to break these curses and establish new healthy behavior patterns for our future children. And at that moment, I looked at my dad in a totally different way. I looked at the brokenness that he came from. I look at how hurt I was and how abandoned I felt when my mother died. You know, when she left my life, not because she wanted to, but because she freaking died. And I look at how painful that was. I can't imagine how I would have felt if my mother would have willingly like chuck the deuces on me I just don't even know how that would have made me feel so it gave me a deeper understanding of my dad and the pain that he went through the lack of love the lack of nurturing and the reality is when you never have something it's harder for you to know how to do it or how to be it um, so in that moment is when I really felt myself forgive my father a hundred percent, because even though I knew I had forgiven him before, there was still slight feelings of anger and resentment. I would feel in waves. And, um, at that moment, all that went away at that moment. All I felt was like the pure love. Um, it was healing Listen, if you don't know where you came from, it's very hard to know where you're going. I have a very different understanding of myself after meeting the other half of my family. After being able to be in North Carolina, in Greensboro, and you know, and see who they are and, and how they're living and their environments, everything just made sense after that. Um and so I recommend anybody that is battling with the idea of forgiving a parent, uh, battling with the idea of reaching out to um, family that may have abandoned you or that you did not have a close relationship with. I don't care if you meet them once, meet them, reach out to them. Because like I said, you will have a higher understanding of yourself. You will heal yourself by, by doing so. I am so glad that I did this. And like I said, it has just changed my life for the better. And um, I'm still on a cloud. Like I just feel like I haven't came down yet. Um, so I I just knew, I'm like, this is major. I need to share with my audience, you know, what went on with that. Um, and like I said, I, you know, my life is an open book. So I always hope that by sharing my experiences and being honest about them, 
I can invoke others to bring out their true emotions to help heal, uh, especially in a world full of people masking their pain and their emptiness. Now, this is something that I really wanted to talk about because I think it's just a debate that we've kind of had going on for some time. And, you know, I just I want to talk about it. Let's just talk. And and that is the discussion of courting versus dating. What is the difference? Um, Let's talk about that. Now, dating is exactly what it sounds like. Dating is simply the act of going places together. You could have a date with anybody. <laughs> you could have a date with your homegirls for lunch. You can have a date for a meeting with your boss. Okay, you can have a date that you're moving. You can have a date that you're going to renovate your house. Dating is, like I said, just what it sounds like. It is a date. It is a time and day where an event happens or two people get together in some way, shape, or form. There are people that have been dating for years. Dating for years. Uh, courting does not take years. Okay? Um, I, In my opinion, majority of people are dating. They're going out to eat, going places, even going on vacations, having sex, you know, with people, but there's no marriage in the picture, okay? But <laughs> these brothers are not ring shopping. Uh, now, I'm going to give an example of Kimbella and Joel Santana because, only because we all know who they are, and this is a something that happened recently, and I'm just going to use it as an example so we can all be on the same page for the sake of understanding. Um. So, Kimbella and Jewels have been together 10 years. They have several children together. And Jewels recently proposed to Kimbella and formally asked her to marry him. Uh, Kimbella then comes forward and says, Ladies, I've been with him for 10 years. And that if if the love is real now this goes to show the lack of male accountability that we have she says that the if the love is real then you as the woman should be willing to wait however long for your man all right <coughs> Now, I'm going to explain the difference between someone that chooses you and someone who is with you because of convenience or because of uh, I might as well. Because everybody dating is holding back. Everybody doesn't want to be vulnerable. Okay, nobody wants to open themselves up, like I said before. And and that reason why that is is because no real ceremonial commitment has been done. So technically, there are couples that may love each other. They may cohabitate together. They may buy homes together. They may do business together. But they still are not uh, 100% sure of the other because the marriage hasn't happened. That's a cycle it happens. That's, that's how that cycle keeps going. Nobody wants to get married because they're like, oh, well, when you get married, people can change on you. Marriage ruins relationships, this, that, and the third. Yeah, because once you marry someone because, well, well, let me first say this. If, if a man has not married you, he has not married you because what he's doing is putting you on ice and keeping you here just in case. Just in case the woman that he really wants and the woman that he really feels is down for him comes along. And nine times out of ten, that never happens because, you know, good women that want to be in relationships and can be loyal and know how to be feminine women is rare. So then years go by and he'll say to himself, well, nothing, I haven't seen nothing better come along. So, (laughs) 
I might as well marry her. That's what happens when people that have been dating for years and years and years finally get married. Like, if you're one of them couples where it's like, y'all got three kids, been together six years, got a house, and then, like, he proposes, baby, I'm not hitting you with the congrats. Like, oh, congratulations. Because, basically, this nigga just kept stringing you along and just to make sure that nothing better came along and... When he saw it, didn't, then he's like, all right, well, I might as well. That's what I said, those might as well proposals. I might as well go ahead and propose. The same with Jewels and Kim Bella. You with him for 10 years, had multiple children with him. This man, teeth don't fell out. He getting ready to go to jail. Now he wants to marry you. And y'all are not only happy, but you're giving advice to other women to do the same. Like, is this what we have come to? That's what I really want to know. Is this what it has come to? Like, is this where we're at? Because I don't understand how we got here. How did we as women lower our values so much to where this is what we're accepting? And when I say lower our value, I mean stemming away from our femininity, stemming away from uh, not being promiscuous. Stemming away from knowing how to be a one-man kind of woman, okay? Because once we stop knowing how to cook, once we stop acting like we didn't need a man, once we stop, once we started hoeing around, once we started trying to, quote-unquote, be like men, we lost our value. We lost our value, and the tables turned. And then the men feel like, why should I marry you? And he's right. Why should he? You hoeing around, you puffing your chest out, you running your mouth, you got an attitude. You know what I'm saying? What is there to marry? That's not, that don't sound like fun for a man. <coughs> so in our efforts of trying to be equal to them and be like them, and I say this all the time, and I hope y'all brothers don't get offended, but I have to say it this way for the sake of understanding because it needs to be this serious and this extreme, that women... The minute that you decided that you wanted to be like a man is the minute that you lost yourself because we are smarter than them. We are emotionally stronger than them. We're spiritually stronger than them. So once we decided that we no longer wanted to be that and we wanted to be like them, we lost the value in a man asking us to marry him. Now men feel like, they lose when they marry us, not like they gain the ultimate gift when they marry us. And I know, oh, Lord, I could feel the girls with the master's degrees cringing right now. Did you also know that 60 percent of women that are college educated? I'm sorry. No, it is 60 percent of college educated women make more than their husbands. OK, and why is that? Why is that? And the reason why it is, is because a lot of women, and I'm not saying all, there are definitely some college educated women who are feminine and sweet. But what I will say is a lot of those, I can do everything a man can do. I'm going to go to college. I make this amount of money. I don't need a nigga for nothing. A lot of those women end up with feminine men because she's the masculine one. She's the one taking charge and kicking ass and taking names. And like I said, a masculine men do not battle with any woman for his position. And like I said, these are the same women that will go to work and have no problem accepting that the boss has the final say so. You know, these are the same women that will go to work. And if, if your boss says, no, we're not doing it this way. This is how it's being done. She she may get upset. She may feel the way, but she understands that he's the boss and someone has to be the boss and he's earned that position and somebody got to be the one to bow out. And you can't expect it to be your manager, be your supervisor, be the CEO, be the COO. The, the CEO walks in the building and she had no problem straightening things up, standing up straight, looking him in his eyes and speaking with respect. But then you'll get home and say, well, why should my man be the lead? Because that's the way things go. That's how things stay organized. Somebody got to be the head honcho. You know, so that's why I say a lot of women in the careers, career women like that end up with feminine men where they're bringing home the bacon. They're making more money because they want to have that control. They don't have the respect for a black man to give him that leadership role but they will give it to their employer.
And that's a that's a sickness to me. And I think it's something that we definitely need to check ourselves on is why do you not have a problem accepting the um, hierarchy of positions in your workplace, but not in your home? <laughs> OK, um, so like I said, the good news is for those women who are feminine, who have no problem accepting their role and it doesn't threaten them as a woman or make them feel any less of a woman to accept their role as a feminine woman. The good news is there's plenty of guys for us. Okay. You do not want to be with a man who got with you because nothing better came along. I will say that if you are over 30, then you should not be dating for more than a year. Oh, I said the D word. Let me not say that. I'm not saying that word. I'm, I am in the process of reading myself of that word. I will say that if you are, and the only people that are thinking about marriage are the people who are not bitter, jaded, the people that have no issue being vulnerable, the people that have no problem giving their hearts, the people that understand our duty and the responsibility and the generational wellness that marriage causes, mature black people who are for their people, who are not selfish, where they want things to be bigger than them, uh, black people who are not so small-minded as to only be worried about about them getting theirs and what they want. These are our people that get it. So when you, once again, these are the kind of people we're talking about. So I would recommend that if you are in your, in your twenties and you are courting, that there's, there's several options you can take. I, I recommend if you are courting in your twenties, if you both do have families, I recommend a strong presence of your families in your courtship because you are young. You are young and you will change a lot. The The person you are at 20 and the person you are at 30 is a, is a lot different. I will say that. Um, so I would say if you're courting in your 20s, I would say two years. I would say within two years max courting in your 20s before you should have a ring on your finger. And I will say that in your 30s, one year max uh, is the most a woman should wait to have a ring on her finger. I will say that you should not begin a courtship. I, I said this earlier. You should not begin a courtship before you have healed and before you are healthy and mature emotionally because you will waste either your time or their time or both. Um, once you are healthy and stable and mature, a man knows and, you know, I will say that by six months, a man definitely knows whether or not he's going to marry you. But the truth is, a man knows on the first date if this is a woman that he would or would not marry. So, sisters, the advice to be a wife to a man for years and years before he puts a ring on your finger is very bad advice. Now, this brings us to the next debate of if you're not married, you're single. We, we see that debate all the time as well. And I, I'm this is my opinion, and this is how I'm going to put it. I agree that if you're not married, you're single. Now, this does not mean that you do not have to be monogamous. It does not mean that you do not have to be loyal. I think it is very important as a woman to show a man before he marries you that you can be monogamous and that you can be loyal. I just don't recommend doing that for extended periods of time. Okay. I recommend doing it so that he can see that baby, I have chosen you. You are the man I want. You're the only man I want. You're the only man I need. And then he needs to see now that she has chosen me. Now I need to return her favor and choose her and put that ring on her finger. That's why you marry someone. If you're not single, you're married. Facts, I'm single. I'm in a relationship, but I'm single. I'm not a married woman. But just because I'm single does not mean I'm available. You see what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like uh, under contract. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like when you buy a house, when as soon as you go under contract, 
They take the for sale sign off, but they still leave the wooden post it was hanging from. You see what I'm saying? So the for sale sign gets taken off so that other buyers don't think it's still for sale. But trust and believe, honey, that post is still there so that if this credit don't check out, if this down payment don't check out, that post is still there to go ahead and post that for sale sign back up. Okay. <laughs> let's not get it twisted okay um so you marry the woman that chooses you brothers sisters you married a man that chooses you it, it goes both ways um you court uh as a a showing of consistency towards each other to show patterns, show character, show behavior, and then the man makes a decision. And sisters, if he does not make the decision, if he is not on the same page as you, you need to move on. Okay, serial dating, serial going out with this person, sleeping with this person causes severe emotional trauma and will further make your trust issues, your walls that are up, stronger and harder it will break you down i think we've gotten very caught up in serial dating and we need to start courting courting means we're going through the steps that need to be taken. courting before we're getting married courting before you court someone you need to be on the same page that we are doing this because we both want to get married someday and it's not necessarily saying that from day one, I know I want to marry you. It's just simply saying, I want to get married. Okay. I also want to get married. Okay. Now we start taking the steps. Step one is getting to know each other. Okay. Step two is meeting each other's family. Step three is what are your family values? What are your goals? Are they similar to that person's? Okay. Step four is showing your loyalty, showing your your, your monogamy. Okay, and then step five is the proposal. Okay, so we are setting ourselves up to take the necessary healthy steps to get married. That is courtship. Marriage is not just a piece of paper. Okay, it's a legacy. Okay, you are single if you're not married, but you're not available. But you still need to be monogamous. Being single, I don't know why we hear if you're not married, you're single, and we think that means that you can be sleeping around. Honey, sex is last on the list. Okay? Okay, being single or married is nothing about how many people you're having sex with. Okay, it's way bigger than that. Being single does not mean screwing the world. Being single doesn't mean having sex at all. It just simply means you're single. No man has put a ring on your finger and dubbed you as his wife. Okay, as a man, you're single. No woman has agreed to be your wife, so no woman owes you nothing. You see how that works? Um, so I think we overcomplicate these things. Oh, if you're not married, you're single. If we, No, it's very simple. No woman should have to get married based upon how much abuse and neglect and crap she can endure it's not like oh endure all this crap and then I'll marry you if I don't find no one else that will put up with the stuff the way you do okay those are those Kimbella and Jewel's relationships those T.I. and Tiny relationships okay those people that were together for 10 years and then he marries you like I might as well and we have to look out for that remain a lady Remain feminine. As long as you remain a lady and remain feminine, a man will always see the value in having you as his life. If you are masculine, if you are promiscuous, he will look at you as, this is going to be worse for me. It'll. He's going to look at you as, what am I getting out of this? Then I got to leave half my stuff to you and I got to, for what? Remain a lady, ladies. Okay, that will always get us farther than any levels of masculinity or anything like that. So women that refuse to be feminine, these are pretty much the options. Like we said before, either your options are either to be feminine and then be able to attract a healthy masculine mate who will protect, provide and love you. Okay, that's the only option. If you if you want 
a masculine protecting providing man your only option because you might could get him and be fake feminine and fake good for a while and put on a good show but a masculine man will eventually figure you out and he will leave your ass so i ain't talking about just getting him i'm talking about also keeping him okay if you want a to keep a masculine good male your only option is to be feminine he is not going back and forth with you about who is the cowboy and who's the indian who's the boss and who's not masculine men are not doing that because they don't have to because it's a thousand other women looking for a man like him honey your other option is to continue with the i'm i still don't need no man i'm still gonna make my money i ain't being submissive i ain't being i ain't serving no man I ain't. so your option is to be that and be with a bitch ass nigga be with a weak man that will let you wear the pants but that will eventually get old i'm telling you now okay because before i valued my femininity i've been in a relationship like that before and it got very old very fast uh, your other option is to be single forever and serial date and date a man for a few months then date another man for a few months that's another option another option is to be completely by yourself or the other option is to be gay so you know uh it's very simple uh that's why as a woman like i said it's best to constantly like build ourselves up to build our value Make sure you can run a household, you know, organizational skills, spiritual skills, being peace and calmness, you know, childbearing, holistic medicine, healing, nurturing. Um, these are the things that, you know, make us valuable as women. So it's very important to focus on that because until we do, you will be stuck in this cycle of dating. So like I said, this is just a topic that I just see us talking about all the time. And I just wanted to have a discussion about it because I'm like, why are we making this way more complicated than it needs to be? Like, it's not even that serious. Like, this is very cut and dry. And if you don't like it, you can leave because there's no way around this. We don't get to have our cake and eat it too. That's just not the way life works. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, so we are at a time for this week. I want to thank you all for listening. My boo actually just got home. So, Chad, I need to go warm his plate up, Chad, and see if he okay, Chad. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, I love you all. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, I skipped last week because of the holidays, and I knew everybody was had time off work and time off school. So, everybody with their families relaxing and so I skipped last week, but here we are. We're back this week. Um, I will drop the next episode next Tuesday. Uh, please remember to rate, like, subscribe, applaud, favorite, review the show. I appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to African and American. And as always, peace, love, and black power.